going on, everyone? Today is Monday, November 28th. I am your host, Justin Perry, and this is the Shot Quality Bets podcast. Today on the show, we're going to be talking a little bit about some big games coming up both tonight and on Tuesday's slate, breaking down a little bit how our panel today would bet some of these games, maybe a few best picks, and of course, how the shot quality numbers impact it all. Today, I am joined by our special guest, Kiev from the oddsbreakers.com. Kiev, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome, guys. Thank you for having me on your great show. Really excited to have you join us. Love the work that you guys are doing over at the Oddsbreakers. Coming to us live from uh, Las Vegas, right? I'm actually in Phoenix right now. So I I, we, I moved to Phoenix a while back. Nice, quick uh, puddle jump to Vegas when I go back. But <laughs> nice. uh, it's uh, nice down here because, to be honest with you, a lot of the Vegas books aren't as good as some of the books down here. I have some friends that drive to Kingman an hour away from Vegas just to get some bets in on certain books like FanDuel, DraftKings, uh, Betfred, and some of the other great uh, tasty lines that we get served out here in Arizona. Well, you're getting some uh, some invaluable experience right off the bat with Kiev joining us today, telling you a little bit about how you can find the best lines. And that's something that we do try to do here at Shot Quality all the time. We talk about it a lot with our value finder, beating lines, getting the best value long term. We're trying to play it smart around here, right? And, and I think that's what Shot Quality is trying to get everybody to see the game as, is something that you can apply math, data, numbers too and and try to get ahead of of what the books are doing and how i guess the season's what we're about three weeks underway now how's it been for you how are you using some of these shot quality numbers have you had any like you know big takeaways so far from the start of the college basketball season you know i love shot quality because it's so much different than what the market has to offer. Everybody follows the Ken Palms and the Bart Torviks, which is kind of ridiculous. It's like, if you're a sports better and you're using the exact same things that the lines are being used to set from, you're putting yourself at a disadvantage. You're not gaining any information that uh, the market uses against these opening lines at all. Uh, the great thing about shot quality is you guys are more of a metric base coming off ball screens, how good the shots are on offense, how quality the shots are in defense from a per player perspective. And that's the kind of matchup data that I really like, you know, I've definitely found some outliers here. I love the tool where it shows the points of value that you get. And that's the difference from the consensus number to what the shot quality number is. It's perfect because you can just literally go at it every day and even sort by points of value, seeing who's farthest off and kind of go down from there. You know, as a handicapper, we're not always just metric based. So what I do is take uh, stuff from great sites like Shot Quality and a few other ones I use. And then I put the more of the creative and system handicap in it, meaning how these uh, teams match up in the past. Is there a matchup advantage down low? Is there injuries that are not factored into the lines? When do I bet it? Because I can kind of foresee where the line's going to go. And then sometimes you get enough line value, it passes your number. You can just go for a nice, easy middle, middle and just kick back and watch the game in itself. So, for sure. Um, and you love when that happens, right? When those numbers hit it kind of perfectly, you understand maybe how these teams that you're you're trying to bet, right? You're trying to find that edge, that advantage. And and maybe you, you are able to see that through 
rebound effectiveness or how good a team is down low or maybe their rating in terms of how many good three-pointers they allow. Some of these things that you don't just get from from looking at box scores. It, it does allow for a another level of understanding of the game and I think that's what we're here to do. So let's let's not waste too much more time talking about it. We'll get into it a little bit more. I'm sure I'm going to ask you about how you use these stats that I'll be throwing out a little bit as we get into some of the nitty-gritty So one of the first games that we're going to be talking about today on the podcast is a pretty marquee matchup between Michigan and the University of Virginia. Pretty strong teams going against it. I love taking a look at these power five schools, how they battle it out, how shot quality starts to take a look at these teams. Kiev, what do you make of this game? Do you have a a lean? Are you interested in in maybe Michigan, who's been really good in, in keeping the ball on their court, really not turning it over very much? Or maybe it's Virginia with the good passing uh, and the efficient transition that we've seen so far. What's what's your take on this game? Well for one, there's something that you have to consider And that is looking at Virginia's first game that's not on a neutral court away from home. So we saw Virginia dominate, right? And they're they're ranked like in the top six in most ranking sites right now. They climbed due to their big win against Baylor and Illinois. But you have to be a little bit careful with the fact that they're going on a true road game because a neutral court is not quite the same as a true road game here. Michigan, on the other hand, in my opinion, has started out the season overranked once again. You can look at the Bart Torvik's, the Ken Palms. They have Michigan still in the top 55. I'm not so sure about that. Michigan struggled against number 300 and whatever, Jackson State. They only won that at home by 10 points. They took a bad Mac team in Ohio. That went to overtime at home. So, you know, I am concerned about Virginia on the road. I'm more concerned about Michigan at home, too. Virginia's got that shutdown defense. This is going to be a projected total um, probably in the upper 120s. Uh, The lines are probably just kind of coming out right now for these games as this game is tomorrow. So um, I'm going to lean you Virginia, even though a lot of their metrics that's used the past uh, is going to go away from it. But it's going to be a lower spread. I actually kind of like the under more because I think Virginia does enough to shut down Michigan. I think Michigan only has one player in Hunter Dickinson that's worth anything. The big 7-1 center, the rest of the kids uh, have been uh, a disappointment in my opinion so far. I don't think Juwan Howard is really a good coach. I think when he came in, he was kind of taking uh, B-lines leftovers a little bit, and that showed last year. I lean Virginia, and I have a little bit stronger of lean to the under. Interesting. Very interesting. So I'll tell you right now, the shot quality model definitely likes that underling for you. And we have this game rated at 59.7 to 59.8 in favor of Virginia. So the model's going to say, you know, you want to take the points in this one. Um, and look, I think this is a very, very interesting bit of information that you brought up. You're talking about the Jackson State game. For Michigan, they won 78-68 against, like you said, a bottom 300 team. But more interestingly, the shot quality score, right? Going into how, you know, if we just looked at every single shot taken and evaluated the game on our, um, you know, shot-based evaluation, what we had was a 74-72 to win. 
So it really should have been even closer than it looked on the floor. And that Ohio win by four points, shot quality had as a 79-79 tie with the decimal places going to Ohio's favor. So you are hitting the nail on the head. They are struggling against some of these lower-rated teams, and now they have to face a Virginia squad. And look, to your credit, yeah, this is going to be a, a road game, but I think I'm with you. I think that you know Virginia still should be able to handle this Michigan team that is a little one-dimensional, that has struggled with much, much worse teams. Uh, and, and look, Virginia's done very well. Uh, they they did not cover against Maryland Eastern Shore. I believe that line was like 26 and a half or something, or yeah, maybe 28 and a half, and they just missed that cover. Uh, but they played a really strong game against Illinois. They looked great against Baylor, uh, suffocated Monmouth, and, and, you know, did pretty well in the opener against North Carolina Central. But no, no weirdness on the shot quality scores. We're expected to win all of those games, including a very convincing 75% against Illinois. Uh, they're a very good free throw shooting team as well. Uh, second on shot quality's metrics for high free throw rate. Uh, so they get to the line often. And that, that's good, right? We need those extra points. So I'm with you. I lean Virginia. I think that's a nice play. Michigan's still getting some of that brand name recognition. Kind of like, you know, the same way you should always be fading some of those just more popular teams. The books are very rarely going to give you a nice price on the most watched teams in the country. That's correct. They're not. <laughs> yeah. No, I look, it, it's definitely tough to bet on the Yankees every day, too. I'm and from and New one York. thing I'll say about Virginia, and I want to add, you said, you know, yeah. they almost got that big 27 and a half cover. That doesn't bother me whatsoever because the slowest paced team in Virginia isn't supposed to cover 20 yep. points. Spreads. They don't want to cover that. They just want to get out of those situations. So, you know, it's almost yeah. better to get them on as a small favorite than it is to take them as a large favorite. I love it. Couldn't agree more. They are more than happy to slow it down, right? What do you what do you think? There's what, 368, 363 teams in college basketball this year. Shot quality, what do you think their rating is for tempo, Virginia? What, what would you guess? Uh, I'm going to say it's uh, second to last or last. Okay. Not, not too far off. 349th. So, okay. yeah, bottom 20 of all of D1, slowest tempo, uh, and that's the only thing that comes in that low. They are a good rebounding team. They do not commit the offensive turnovers, efficient transition, all of this stuff. And we've seen a little bit of teetering from Michigan. Uh, you know, they do not get to the rim a lot, 311th in the nation in their frequency attacking the rim. We don't like to hear that, right? We want those you know those good quality looks at the bucket they are not forcing a lot of defensive turnovers uh but you know they are defending the rim well so i think this is gonna be a battle i i do think you probably want to grab virginia like i said model does say the points um but under for sure we have this one projected around 120 points is very very large edge i think the number's opening around 131 for tomorrow so uh probably can play that one down according to shot quality all the way to around 126 127 and still get a pretty nice edge on it uh wouldn't be shocked if it dropped but let's let's keep going we could probably talk about these games each for half an hour but there's a lot on the board what do you make of another big game tomorrow kiev we have marquette versus baylor i know you mentioned that baylor team they have they have played against that strong virginia side but otherwise, Baylor has looked pretty good. What do you make of this game against the Big East opponent in Marquette? Yeah, Baylor has looked good. And when I look at Baylor, I think about 
just how Scott Drew has become one of the best head coaches in college basketball. Now, you look at Shaka Smart, and he's got a good name and everything, and he's been fantastic himself. But this is uh, such an interesting game because even though you think about defense when you look at Baylor, they actually are a higher-tempo team. I'm guessing shot quality is going to have them, and I don't have it in front of me, in the top 75, top 80 of average uh, possession length or just adjusted tempo in general. You know, Baylor's got a very good offense for having a great defense. Their only hiccup was that neutral game against Virginia. I was on Baylor when they beat UCLA, and that was a game in Vegas, more of like a UCLA crowd. I was uh, a little nervous about it before it happened because UCLA, you know, all those – good returning guys like uh, Tyga Campbell and uh, uh, Jacquez and a few other ones. But, I mean, Baylor's the truth, in my opinion. I think uh, Adam Flagler is just fantastic. LJ Cryler is still there. Uh, Keontae George is fantastic. They're recruiting just amazingly. Flo Thamba. And and they also have uh, Chamu Chachua that's going to be coming back at some point during the season. I'm guessing he's going to wait for conference play. But Marquette... The thing about these fast teams is if they're not that good, they play themselves into larger decim, uh, deficits. So you could see that possibly happening, although I will say that I have been impressed with Marquette thus far. And this is another team that's playing at home here against a Baylor team that hasn't had that true road game again. So this is kind of where all the surprises happen. To be completely honest with you, I think Marquette can score a few points here, and I think Baylor can score a few points. I'm gonna I'm gonna look at the over here. I'm gonna see where it comes out. But right now, Eileen Baylor laying the points, and I'm gonna lean the over. Yeah, this Baylor squad is definitely something that deserves a little bit of a deeper look. Uh, their their rating in tempo is definitely one of the faster squads, but with how we're looking at this team, I think you know what really allows them to get to that tempo is the passing, the spacing, uh, and, and how much of a threat they are from deep. Uh, Shot quality rates them as the ninth most frequent three point shooting team in the nation, uh, fifty one percent uh three-point attempt rate and they're efficient top 20 in the nation at converting those looks they force a lot of defensive turnovers and they're really good at getting offensive boards they're a big squad right and and we've seen some some you know i guess some cakewalk wins you're not really gonna look back and say that mississippi valley state norfolk northern colorado and mcneese state were were very difficult for this squad. Uh, but what's interesting is that both UCLA and Virginia were shot quality losses. They did win on the floor against UCLA, but you know, it was a one point shot quality loss. So they are battling these good teams and, and look, Marquette, they, they probably can fight here. They, they struggled a little bit against Mississippi state in a low scoring 55, 58 loss uh, that was on a neutral court. And this is going to be a, a pretty fascinating one with Marquette playing host. The shot quality model makes this 77 and a half to 68 and a half. So just about a three or four point edge on the five point spread. We are expecting to see open um, a slight lean 
on Baylor, slight lean on the effective school uh, with with all these you know good passing metrics and everything to maybe carve up the Marquette defense even on their own floor. I'm not really sure how I see this one. If the total comes out where I think it might, which I think you know according to the Ken Palms is looking like a 150s type of line here, expecting a lot of scoring, uh, I might have to give pause to an over. Uh, but I don't know. This is going to be a great game. I'm excited to see how Marquette matches up here. They also have very good spacing, very good passing. They're a fast team. Uh, so to your point, this could be just a shootout. This could be just a run and gun. Everybody's taking threes, you know, driving the hoop. Uh, you know, both teams pretty good with their rim and three rate, which is a, a very well-known uh, shot quality metric out there. Marquette right now, 95% rim and three rate on the season and Baylor 90%. So Marquette's really getting it done, taking effective looks. Yeah, they are. It, uh, and, uh, one thing I notice about Baylor is even though they did lose to Virginia, they still put up 79 points yeah. against one of the best defenses in the league, you know, you, you probably shouldn't look at the other games so much. You should look at what they did against UCLA and Baylor. Well, 79, 80 points there. And then now you're playing a Marquette team that uh, plays a lot faster than, you know, the Virginias and the uh, and and the uh, UCLA's. So that's why I look to the over. But, you know, this thing stays like around five points. I, I'd lay it with Baylor. And so we'll see where the thing comes out at. I'm thinking it's probably going to be about a four to five point spread, yeah. uh, in, in my opinion. Yeah, look, I mean, a team that lets Chicago State almost get 70 points, right? You think that, that Marquette's going to play a fast game. They're going to let this Baylor, maybe that Baylor team total – is something to take a peek at if if you if you think that their pace is really going to be quick, uh, but you know, I don't know. I like both over leans. I think the model uh, is expecting maybe a little bit more of a, a defensive battle. Maybe these teams clamping it down a little bit more, playing a more normal pace. But uh, sometimes when we see these early huge values in the market. Uh, it can be because the models maybe don't fully understand some of the differences in the teams now compared to the preseason priors that they're rating things on or more heavily depending on at this early part of the season. So, uh, you know, I think that we're all trying to manage our data sources, right? Understand where we can uh, get in. Um, but yeah, I think uh, what we'll do is maybe talk about a couple of the other games we're going to be joined by our co-host for these games. Big 3 for 3 is going to be joining us. I'm very excited to have him aboard as we do every episode. But really quick, first, I just wanted to talk a little bit about what we have going on at Shot Quality, talk about some of the tools that we are offering. If you have not checked out shotqualitybets.com, I definitely encourage you to go give it a look. We have the Value Finder, which is everybody's favorite way to go look at the Shot Quality Bets projection model take a look at various sides totals every single game that has a line is there we take looks at games that have of course you know various higher levels of value whether it's four points plus for our totals or sorry whether it's four points plus for our sides and five points or more for our totals to rate as a recommended play we have been doing very well and through the first Two and a half weeks, we were up 49 units. We're waiting to get a little bit more back testing, but hitting at around a 56 to 57% at the time of recording. Uh, you can check out all, all of those numbers on our spreadsheet that we post for anybody to see. But 
Really exciting is our shot quality premium. What we're looking at over there are our new premium tools that let you dig into the game like never before, whether that's looking at the matchup breakdowns to look at how various teams stack up in different ways, whether it's shot type, regression analytics, or key stats. And then, of course, the trend finder tells you how teams do in various splits like road, non-conference, and soon to come different closing lines. So very excited to have all of that on the site. Definitely go check it out. You can still use the code BLACKFRI, B-L-A-C-K-F-R-I, to lock in our Black Friday deal that is going to be available through Tuesday only. And that gives you a bigger deal for the more that you buy. That's, again, only through Tuesday. Go check it out. Send us a DM if you have any questions at Shot Quality Bets on Twitter. But now let's go into some final games of the day. We're going to talk a little bit about something that's going on tonight, Monday night, Kiev. How do you feel about this Pacific team? It is big three for threes. Favorite team to bet on, I feel like. He's on it almost every single time they're playing. And, uh, I mean, I don't know. What do you make of this Weber State Pacific game? Have you given it much of a look? Or is it just something that maybe isn't on your radar right now? Um, I didn't give that one much of a look being that I was doing my NFL, but I will say that if you latch onto a team, you can be very successful early um, as long as obviously you, you get ahead of a market. Sometimes, I mean, there's 360 teams out there, right? I latched onto Portland and um, I knew nice. just from my handicapping before the season started and my research that Portland was going to be a, a much improved team with uh, Shantae Legans as their head coach. Yeah, I mean, I had them against North Carolina, and they they were in that game and leading it some of it, and they very, at the end, just couldn't get over the, the hump there. But that game was also close to Portland uh, as well. Actually, it was in Portland, so there yeah, you go. It was. And, and then I had them against Villanova, sprinkled the money line, uh, you're getting about plus 300 on that one. So that was a nice, easy win. And Michigan State, they almost got the upset there just yesterday. That's three ATS wins in a row just for knowing a little bit about a team doing your research there. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think that doing that um, is massive. Now, you, you were saying Pacific is playing who tonight? Uh, I see Cal Poly. Oh, that's my bad. It's definitely another game tomorrow. It's going to be Pacific versus Cal Poly. I'll let our resident Pacific expert maybe give it a shot, though. Big three, how are you feeling, man? Welcome back to the show, as always. Uh, what, are you, what are you making of this Pacific game today? Yeah, how's it going? Um, you know, I just like I'm starting to see a trend here with Pacific games. And honestly, we've talked about this before. Um, their offense is just extraordinary, honestly. Like, they're really, really good offensively. And I think, honestly, what we're going to see tonight is going to boil down to, I don't think Cal Poly can match them offensively. Cal Poly really, really struggles offensively. Um, now, Pacific doesn't play great defense. Or, I mean, Pacific doesn't play, yeah, great defense. But I just think this is going to be the classic, like, I don't I don't think Cal Poly can keep up with them type game. Um, Pacific coming off two losses in a row. One to Idaho by three, one to Mount St. Mary's by four. Both of them, shot quality, had them winning by double digits. This is a team that pretty consistently throughout the year, um, they've been in games and they've played like pretty well in some games. They've scored super well, but even still, shot quality has been trending to saying that they've been underperforming what they should be at this point. So this is a team that I want to continue to back here. So, yeah, I mean, I, I like 
Cal or Pacific here at like six and a half, seven ish um, is where I'm seeing it. So that's later tonight. I, I like that one too. I think this has been a very, very fun offense to take a look at. They, you know, they're very efficient, uh, top 10 corner shot quality in committing offensive turnovers. They don't do it very few. They're fast tempo, high frequency attack in the rim. Uh, and very efficient shooters, definitely in the you know upper echelon of shooting teams. And Cal Poly is going to play bad defense against those three. Shot quality rates them as the 353rd best team against three-point shooting. So they allow very high-quality looks at the hoop from behind the arc. And they do not uh, offensively rebound very well, which is going to be music to the ears of this Pacific team who does, you know, struggle a little bit on the defensive side and offensive side of the board. So uh, expect a little bit maybe of high variance from a bunch of teams that don't grab rebounds too well. Um, Something to watch for. Maybe that can be somewhat of accounted for in these unexpected shot quality results for uh, Pacific, who, you know, of what they've played six games, four of them are unexpected shot quality results. It's pretty high frequency to see. Uh, but look, I, I don't really think this Cal Poly squad is all that good struggling against a Stanford team that we know has like looked terrible. Uh, you know, obviously San Francisco deserved to kind of beat them up and they lost a little bit of a close one to Mount St. Mary's uh, and then, you know, probably should have beaten Idaho. So we'll see how this one goes. I'm very interested in it myself. I'll probably be tailing big three. He's he's kind of like my West Coast source. I don't even make it up late enough to watch some of these games uh, with the East Coast time difference. But uh, I trust you guys out there, West. You guys know these teams. I mean, I always feel like I know East Coast teams because they're local. It's easier to find news sources, all that stuff. So you definitely got to stick to what you know in this game. And, and you know, don't be afraid to do that. Um, but my mistake was thinking that we were going to talk about Pacific and Weaver together. We're going to talk a little bit about Weaver tomorrow uh, on the Tuesday slate. So let's jump into this game as the last game. Well, I'd like to add something oh, on please. Pacific. Yeah, Kia, my quick. bad. Yeah, Go no, ahead. No, no, that's cool. No, it's, I, this is I, I like to play a lot because not only is Pacific a faster-paced team, you know, Cal Poly is a slower-paced team. So if Cal Poly is not um, – you know, hitting any shots, which it doesn't really look like they're <laughs> ranked in the low 300s for uh, their effective field goal percentages. You know, this could be a blowout pretty quickly. And I also like how Pacific is in the top 10 on offense for turnovers. They're not giving the ball up. They're not wasting those possessions. They're getting a lot of fast possessions. Uh, this might be a good find here laying the points. Yeah, they might just, you know, get more amount of shots up, right? And then at the end of the day, you're just – as you zoom out, you're expected to win by more than just seven. You take seven or eight more shots than your opponent. Uh, you know, that's that's probably the way I see Pacific winning. Do you do you agree with that one, Big Three? Yeah, I mean, they just, like, we've talked about this a little bit, too. They love to go in transition. They will just huck threes from anywhere. Um, they're a team that <laughs> if you can't keep up with them offensively, you're going to struggle. And regardless of how slow the opposing team plays, they'll speed it up on the offensive end. So, yeah, like I said, I'm not really concerned about – number of points here like seven to me is just like i think if they win they cover you know what i mean it's it's one of those games so interesting yeah so you just see the value on the spread because of how they play it's like why lay points why lay price for a money line where you can lay points with a team like this that when they click they they really click I love it. I love it. That's, you know, that's why we love getting deep and uh, into this shot quality data, talking about, you know, maybe teams that are in these positions to perform better than what people have seen. 
right? We talk a lot about these shot quality results because, well, people don't see them the same way they see box score results. What we do see is, is the final score. You know, you see a team like Pacific losing to Idaho by three. And, and some people might go and, and take a look at Cal Poly who beat Idaho and, and say that, oh, well, you know, now I, I think that maybe Cal Poly is better when it really just is probably due to a little bit of variance going against Pacific's way and it could come back and sort of fuel them to a monstrous win if they play the way that they're supposed to. Uh, so I'm into it. I love it. I love taking a peek past these box scores, trying to sort of clear away some of the noise that we get just from the way a basketball game naturally unfolds, right? Good shots, miss, bad shots, contested, hand in your face, threes, swish through the hoop sometimes. It doesn't make sense. And you could throw the remote at the TV in frustration, but shot quality is going to quantify that so that when you look back at a score, you know how things were supposed to go based on the shots taken, not, you know, if your team just got a little unlucky or lucky. So let's talk a little bit about that last game before we let our great guests go. Uh, the final game we're going to talk a little bit about is this Tarleton State-Weber State game coming up on Tuesday's slate. What do we make of this one? Big three, I know you wanted to talk about this. What's your take? You got a side. You got to play for us. What are the people at home? Yeah, I think this is just a matter of Tarleton State laying too many points. They're not a team. So there's a lot at play here. I think one of the things you can really take advantage of after five, six games into the season is overreactions, right? And we've talked about this a lot. Weber State was a team – um, that I think a lot of people knew were going to be worse this year. Um, I don't think, and, and I mean, Tarleton State on the other side, I think people thought we were going to maybe be better. But both of these teams are trending heavily in one direction. Weaver's now 100 spots in a lot of ranking sites worse, um, just went through a coaching tra- change, and they have really slowed it down. And like, this is what I really like about the game here is Tarleton traditionally, or like at least the last couple of years, has played super super slow bottom 20 in tempo um this year their tempo has already been pushed up to like middle of the pack which i personally think is way too much um and so i think like what's happening is these priors are being worked out pretty quick and now all of a sudden we think tarleton's this super quick team i think that honestly they're they're okay playing slower weaver this year is way way slower under their new coach um and i think this is just the case of two teams that probably are fine, not really pushing the pace. Um, Weaver's had a couple recent um, unexpected shot quality losses. They lost to Wright State by 22, and shot quality had them winning by eight. And then a couple days before that, they lost to UC Riverside by seven, shot quality had them winning by two. So I think Weaver is worse for sure, not this much worse. And I think this is a game of two teams that are, are fine playing slow. And I think like pushing double digits here is just – way too many i'm seeing nine and a half um i honestly think because of recent tarleton performances like the win over boston college that this might even get pushed to 10 but yeah in a game that i expect there not to be a ton of points in um i mean totals 135 and tarleton laying 10 in a 135 game is just nuts to me so that's what i really like I, I am with you when that total gets low you get a little bit more value on those points right it's just harder it's just you know less buckets Kiev what do you what do you think man what do you what do you got on this one any take yeah this spread seems massive and I'm not sh- I can't figure out why I'm looking for injuries here and I'm not seeing a lot but part of the reason Tarleton's tempo is up so high it's just because teams are playing fast against them. Yeah. Even more, which means that they're finding success. You know, if people are getting the ball out of their hands, 
you're not seeing a good defense and you're probably getting an overrated defense in these situations here. Um, yeah, I think that the fact that Weber did slow it down due to their turnover and their team, I think they probably returned maybe one starter, was it? Uh, I have to relook at that. It was pretty low because Weber was a, a, a good team. Yeah, they were pretty senior heavy for sure. Yeah, they were. They were a good team last year. Um, kind of got robbed against Montana State. But I think that uh, this situation, I look towards the under and nine and a half, man, that is just, it's almost ridiculous here. That is, uh, I, I'm going to dig a little bit deeper, but this could also be a play here on, yeah. Uh, on Weber. Yeah, again, I think we were seeing something like Big Three said is just pretty plainly an overreaction to a really rough looking loss to Wright State. Right. I mean, you know, 65, 87, you're not going to get a lot of people, especially in these smaller market teams, these lower rated teams who, who maybe are able to take a look past that. Uh, you know, that that can happen. I feel like, you know, uh, markets are a little sharper towards an errant or a, you know, an outlier performance or something on some of the bigger teams where there's more eyes and, and you know, maybe sharper modeling. But uh, yeah, there there's definitely a little bit of potentially a, a correction looming here. And I'm with it. I love taking the points. I feel like, you know, we're still going to see a pretty competitive Weber team come out, try to battle this uh, Tarleton side. Tarleton has been, you know, looking pretty good. They do get to the rim based on shot quality numbers, but they have, you know, they're, they're not really going for a lot of threes, right? They're not exactly a shooting team. Uh, you know, they don't take a lot of deep looks, which means, again, that could help the under. That could help this total uh, stay a little lower, make those points a little bit more effective. I, I agree with both of you guys. I think if these points seem a little crazy to me, and it feels like it should probably be something a little bit closer to like a five and a half, six and a half rather than nine and a half. And I believe shot quality pretty much agrees, right? The shot quality model actually has Weber edging this game by 0.3 points. So uh, a lot of value there and, you know, should be a pretty fun one to watch. That's at 8 p.m. Uh, tomorrow. But yeah, I just want to say one more thing on this Weber side. Um, you look at that right State game, a lot of people love to look at three-pointers, right? Like this is the classic way of like eye testing the box score, right? Is it's like, oh, this team shot 50% from three and another team shot 20% from three. Wasn't really a big three-point discrepancy here, um, which is pretty rare. But what I, well, I guess not rare, but like people looking at it would think, okay, like then you got the expected result, right? The big difference here was Wright State went 29 for 39 from two. So I don't know, 75%. And Weber went 10 for 33. So like 30%. Um, I, I just think that this is interesting to note. And you look at like the regression stats for Weber and it is insane. I mean, they're supposed to get 3% better finishing at the rim, 5% from three, 3% from post up and defensively they're supposed to allow 10% less in some of these categories, three pointers, mid range, 8% less in post up. So this is definitely a team that's just gotten screwed. I mean, it's not just at the three point line either. It's everywhere. So I think that that's another important thing to note of like digging deeper than just the box score and like looking at three pointers made. But yeah, last thing I wanted to say there. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that too, because the weird thing, Weaver state hasn't really played a home game against a division one opponent yet, you know, and then, and so they've been on the road the whole time. And, and that's how these smaller schools start out a lot. But, um, you know, you have to understand that they're kind of getting their feet wet and they did beat Abilene Christian. You know, Abilene Christian is a, a higher rank. Well, I mean, for 
their genre. They're a much higher ranked school. And uh, why aren't they getting credit for that and just getting hated on for the right state loss? That makes no sense. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. You know, the the defense for, for Weber looks pretty good this season, too. Shot quality, adjusted defensive uh, rating for them is uh, point. 9-7, which is 111th right now. So uh, a lot of defensive prowess. Uh, again, those those neutral losses versus Wright State and UC Riverside should have been wins on the shot quality score. So expecting a lot of positive regression for this Weaver team. I think all three of us agree here. Going to be exciting to see how this one goes. Uh, and uh, we'll maybe, you know, talk a little bit about it on Thursday's episode. Uh, I'm going to, you know, let our Great guests go. They have been so kind to lend us their time here on the Shot Quality Bets podcast. Of course, all of the data that you're hearing about, whether it's how teams rate or if it's shot quality scores, those are all available on shotqualitybets.com. And you can access the full suite of information with a premium membership. Uh, if you are looking for projections, you can look at our value finder through a standard subscription currently for just $20 a week before promotional codes. And of course, I just want to give a huge, huge thank you to both Kiev of theoddsbreakers.com and Big 3 for 3. Kiev, as our special guest, why don't you take a second, just tell the people at home how they can follow you, where you can, where you are on Twitter, your website, and a little bit about what you do. Yeah, absolutely. At theoddsbreakers.com, we have handicappers there that try to provide as much value as possible. And, you know, there's lots of free information, free content. You know, we talk about some box score analysis. If you're not just into basketball, you can look at some uh, some of our football stuff as well. But, you know, we try to put up as, uh, as much content as well as picks, of course. And we have picks, but we were trying to make you a better better at theoddsbreakers.com. Uh, we have memberships available, too, if you ever need a, a you know, wanted to get our premium plays because we make them at the most opportune times. And uh, you can always be a, a member as well. But, you know, just get a taste of our free picks and uh, we'd be more than happy to have you. Great. Love it. Appreciate you guys both stopping in. Uh, Big three, why don't you tell them your handle as well? You're the man behind this projection model. We shot quality would barely be where we are at without your analysis. Why don't you tell the people who maybe don't know about you yet where they can find you? Yeah, my my Twitter is at Big Three underscore F-O-R underscore three. But yeah, like you said, I mean, I'm really, really tacking on to this shot quality model. So most of my plays are, are pretty strongly aligned with that model. I've been posting a couple conferences this year, but a lot of what I'm playing is just what the model tells me to play this year. And I know it's been really working well for you. So keep up the good work. Excited to have you both back very soon. We will, of course, be here every Monday and Thursday on Spotify, the Shot Quality Bets podcast, where you can take your game to the next level. We will see you next time. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, this has been a, another great episode of the Shot Quality Bets podcast.